Welcome to Lighthouse 805 Podcast. We hope you enjoyed today's installment of our Hive series, Be Transformed, Be Renewed. With you today, our pastor, Pastor Matt, is out today. But luckily, we have a couple of those on staff, pastors that is. <laughs> and uh, because we are, we of course are in one heart and one spirit and unity, we're able to share uh, the word. Um, hopefully, I'll be half as good as he is. <laughs> Um, welcome on our podcast as well. We're so grateful that you were listening to us today, and hopefully you'll get something good out of the word. We are in a series entitled Hive. We're talking about the life and times of the bees. So there's a lot, of course, we can learn about ourselves and the body of Christ from nature, obviously, because God created it, right? You should also know that I'm one of those pastors that you got to talk back to me. I, right. The dead room thing is not going to flow for me. I'm going to need to say Amen. Go on, sister, something. Give a sister something. I need you to encourage me because I'm not Pastor Matt. You know what I mean? So appreciate you, appreciate you. Anyway, so, thank you, sis. Thank you, sis. Uh, <laughs> again, we can learn a lot about the kingdom of God and what he wants to show us and teach us through his creation. And not just us, but also just in nature in general. So we are on part four of the Hive series. So all of the bee puns, I'm sure you noticed on the way in, the be transformed and uh, be renewed. We're, we're using all of those B puns, so please enjoy those. If you think of any more, please fill it out on your connection card. We like those. Uh, we're first going to start in Romans chapter 12, verse 2. I'm going to give you a lot of scripture today. I've said it before, every time I speak, I don't know anything. Everything that I know is in the Word of God. So I'm only going to share with you what God's Word says and what I picked up along the journey. So I don't claim to be a, a know-it-all or to have all the answers. But I will tell you that I study his word, and his word is truth. I believe it is the incorruptible seed, and there's nothing wrong with his word. So I'm going to give you a whole lot of scripture. Get your fingers ready. Okay, Romans chapter 2, chapter 12, verse 1 and 2. So it's, therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and prosperous worship, proper worship, excuse me. Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. I like the NLT version of it. It's the New Living Translation, so I'm going to read that to you as well. And so, dear brothers and sisters, I plead with you to give your bodies to God because of all he has done for you. Let them be a living and holy sacrifice, the kind he will find acceptable. This is truly the way to worship him. Do not copy the behavior or customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Then you will learn to know God's will for you, which is good and pleasing and perfect. Now, when we're talking about the renewal of the mind, we can either renew in the same pathways or operate under the same license, or we can be called higher, going to the next level or renewed with fresh vigor. And that's kind of what I'm going to share a little bit with you today. I really believe that you guys can already feel, as you've been with us for the past few months, that God is doing something big in this church, and he's using this church to do something major. But there's a season of preparation that has to happen before that comes. We really have to kind of position ourselves, posture ourselves for what is coming next. And knowing what that means or how to do that, that's something we have to come through together and walk through together. So as he's calling us higher and calling us deeper, for some of us, that's renewing our mind. 
not just in the sense of our commitment to follow him, but also in the way that we have our faith in him. Some of us, God is calling us to a higher level of faith, and that could be scary because it can mean that you have to trust him with stuff that you don't trust him with. I'm going to let you in on the secret. I have trust issues. I'm just being real. I have trust issues. If you can't give me the evidence that you can handle it, I'm not going to let you handle it. And that is something that me and God are working on. <laughs> and I'm sure I'm not the only one that has trust issues. No way, man. All right, you don't have to tell, you don't have to tell me your business. All right, I'm all alone in the world. Got it. Okay, so, okay. I got trust issues, but God is calling us to trust him. And if I can't, I can't think of any other being that we can trust other than the Father. Amen? Amen? Great, good. I'm glad we're on the same path about that. So he's calling us to a higher level of commitment to him, but also in a level of faith and trust. So that looks like something different for each person. But we gotta do it if we're gonna go to the next level. What he wants to trust you with is so much bigger than what you're doing right now. And I don't know what you're doing right now in service of the kingdom. I, you could be doing amazing things that I don't even, I don't even see. I'm not gonna call you, I'm not gonna ask you what you're doing. <laughs> but I can guarantee you that God is calling you to a higher level. He always is calling us higher, deeper, as we sang today. I totally set you up with the worship set because I knew he was calling us higher and deeper. We set you up and you sang it, so now you have to live it. I set you up. You're welcome. All right, moving on. In the coming season, for some of us, God is calling us to renew our minds, not just in the sense of our commitment to follow him but, or how we live and serve as kids, but to increase our faith, renew, or re-up at the next level, not just a new level of commitment, but a new level of faith. Let's go to Romans chapter 12. We're going to do verse 3 through 6 this time. You got that, Jane? For I say, through the grace given to me, to everyone who is among you, not to think himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think soberly, as God has dealt to each one a measure of faith. For as we may have many members in one body, but all the members do not have the same function, we, being many, are one body in Christ, and individually members of one another. Having then gifts differing according to the grace that is given to us, let us use them. Oops, call out. That's what you call a call out in the Bible. Like, oh, you got a gift and you ain't using it? You're supposed to be using it. The word says use it. So that's a call out. So make sure you're using it. In order to walk in these roles that God has called us to, serve God in the kingdom on earth as it is in heaven, we must answer the call to be willingly submitted to the Father's provision and ways. Again, that's another level of faith. Some people think that only pastors or people who are on staff are called to do what the work of ministry is. Spoiler alert, it's not. It's all of us. We all got to do it. And I want to tell you, I want to prove it to you. I'm not just telling you what to do. I'm going to prove it to you. Ephesians chapter 2, verse 10. For we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works, which is the work of the ministry, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. Yeah. So that's God's word saying we're supposed to all do it, not just me. Okay, just pointing that out. Just pointing that out. Well, let's just break down a couple of, of uh, words that I think could be a little bit lofty. So workmanship, what does that mean? So the Greek translation is poema, which is to make poem, poetry, to which a product is of design produced by an, artis an artisan. So that means that we were produced, we were made for something. That would be us. We're going to unpack more of that. Created that we should walk. That's what that verse says. We were created that we would walk in them. Here's the genius of God's word. He says we were new creations, and his work in us is that he will renovate and transform and renew in us what we need 
to be his redeemed kids and to do those good works. So I know what you're thinking. All these good works and good deeds and works of ministry, how am I supposed to do that? How do I understand that? How do I even begin to take the next step? Going back to that scripture, he will equip us. He will transform us. He will renew us. It is his Holy Spirit that transforms. We don't have to do the work. Thank God, because I, I can't do it. We, don't, we can't do it on our own. We need his Holy Spirit to help us do that. And we're going to talk more about that today. I don't have to tell you, or maybe I should just give you a gentle reminder that we were created to do good works, which I gave you the scripture, proof, which means we're supposed to be doing some good works. Like I said, I ain't going to call you out. <laughs> we're supposed to be fully operational kingdom kids using our gifts for the house of God, which I'm sure all of you are totally doing that. But for the sake of conversation today, let's just say some of us haven't quite plugged in or haven't started serving God's church. We're going to talk a little bit about that today. This is your opportunity, and this is your charge this morning. We are created to do it. We read it in his word. We sang about it. It's the truth. We are created for good works, and he will equip us to do those good works. Now, since most of us are already on that level, or we are already serving, I'm going to call the rest of you who are not serving to do that, to do your serving. And then for those of you who are serving or doing what you're supposed to be doing in God's word or in his kingdom, the next step is transition. That's our favorite word, right? Change. Isn't everyone's favorite thing change? No? Okay, great, great. And I get to talk about it? I'm so excited. Yeah, great. So transition is, is a time when you start feeling frustrated in what you're doing. You've been serving, you've been doing the same thing every Sunday, Wednesday, or whatever day that you're serving. And you start feeling frustrated by what you're doing. You don't feel like you're making the same impact you were making before. Then that might be a sign that it's time to transition. And what does that look like? That looks like you being called to a higher level, called deeper. Not just in your faith walk, but in your service to him in his kingdom. Yes, I am not the one talking about serving in church. I get that job obviously, because that's my favorite thing to do. Unlock gifts and put them in the, in the body of Christ. So you may find yourself, of course, being frustrated in your current position, feeling stagnant, unchallenged, or unchanged by those things that you're serving in. This means God is trying to get you to move. If you feel like you're not growing, I always, I've always learned this from my mentor. If something's not growing, not changing, not evolving, then it's dead. And we don't want to be dead things. We're living creatures, right? So we should be growing, we should be evolving, we should be changing, we should be letting God transition us to the next level. So, the point is, when something is stagnant, unchanging, unmoving, unevolving, it's dead. So, let's talk about what that looks like in the life of bees. Because I know you were wondering, when are we going to get to the bees? This is the hive series. We're getting there, we're getting there. I'm going to give you some weird bee facts. <laughs> of course, Matt couldn't wait, Pastor Matt couldn't wait to share all of his fun B facts with me. He's like, you could probably use these for your sermon. I'm like, mm-hmm, yeah, I'm gonna use those. But I did, I did actually use them. <laughs> he was right, I did actually find one that was really, really good. So, <laughs> talking about the bees. And this was actually pretty fascinating and actually learned, I learned a lot from it. So when bees change jobs, they change their brain chemistry. Literally, their minds are transformed. Like, that itself could be, could be preach, which is what I'm doing. Okay. Bees are hardwired to do certain jobs. Scout bees, which search for new sources of food, are wired for adventure. Soldier bees, which weren't even discovered until 2012, uh, work as security guards their whole life. 1% of all middle-aged bees become undertakers. 
So they have a genetic brain pattern that compels them to remove dead bees from the hive. But most amazingly, regular old honeybees, which perform multiple jobs in their lifetime, change their brain chemistry each time they take on a new job. Hmm, I'm going to repeat that. Regular honeybees, each time they, they will perform multiple jobs in their lifetime, but each time they change their position, their brain chemistry changes. So their mind has to transform multiple times in their lifetime. So that means for us, thank the Lord when we have to go to a new position, we, of course, our minds will be renewed, our minds will be transformed multiple times. And that just tells me, of course, as believers, when God calls us to the next level, we will be transformed, we will be called, we will be changed, and we're not alone in that. And we don't have to figure it out before we get there. He's going to call us higher. He's going to call us to the next level and deeper, and he will transform us. Unpacking the regular and the multiple jobs, that's a whole other sermon. I'm just telling you that right now. <laughs> Most people think they do, will do one thing for their entire life. Like, I'm just called to kids' church. That's it. I will never do anything else. Spoiler alert. Uh, <laughs> I'm giving you a lot of spoiler alerts. <laughs> God has so many things that he can do in and through you. I don't know if anybody has ever told you, but you are a gifted, skilled, talented individual. And God has so many gifts that are inside of you. And each part of those gifts and those skills and talents can be used for the kingdom. Not just to say that I have these gifts and I'm awesome, but to really make an impact on the world. And I think it's this generation and the people who are living on earth today, they're constantly trying to find purpose, find meaning in life. When it's the, what the meaning of life is and purpose is, is literally right inside of each one of you. And if you just allow the Holy Spirit to do the work and transform you for those positions, it'll be easy. I promise you. I promise you that. All right, let's unpack a couple of those definitions in that verse, the transformed and the renew. Transform, I kind of defined it, and this is what I found amongst a bunch of different definitions, means to make a thorough or dramatic change in form, appearance, or character of. So being transformed by the renewal of the mind indicates a literal change in the form or formulas or our thought of being. So we can't operate on the same things we've always known or always understood. We can't take our past and move it to the future and think, I can do this new position with everything that I have in that last position. It won't make any sense. It's like saying, okay, so I'm a, I've been a police officer for 50 years. So being a police officer, everything I learned and how I handled the people that I, you know, suspects that I encountered, is exactly the way I want to handle when I'm serving in kids' church. Would that work? <laughs> Pretty sure. It would be hilarious. But also, I can think of all the lawsuits that our church would, <laughs> would endure. You can't use that, right? So, we have to be transformed and renewed for the next level. Renewal, it's an instance of resuming an activity or a state after an interruption, either at the same level or at a different level. Now, I had already told you guys about that. So I'm just making it plain. Being transformed by the renewal of our mind indicates a literal change in our formulas, forms, and mind thinking. You've got to remember the transformed and renewed. Making our mind change, but also being renewed in our equipment and vigor. So now I know you're asking, I'm sure, I'm so glad you asked, how do we renew our minds? Right? Thank you. I appreciate that. I'm going to tell you. <laughs> you cannot do it without the power of the Holy Spirit. 
I don't want to lie to you and tell you there's a book, there's a three-step process, there's a seminar you should sign up for, come follow me, I will show you my ways, I will teach you my ways. No, none of that. <laughs> it's the power of the Holy Spirit, which means you have to invite the Holy Spirit into your heart and in your life and in your mind. So we're going to unpack that, of course. The Holy Spirit provides the power to instill godliness in us and the power that transforms. Pastor Matt said this last week. He said, we have to stop looking in the mirror to look back at our past to try to use it to operate in our future. The current call has nothing to do with the past call. We can't keep trying to look to the future by looking back at us in the mirror. <laughs> we got to look forward. We got to look forward to what God is calling us to. So what we used to do and how we used to serve is going to be different. And you have to allow God to make that change in you. Let's talk about it a little bit more. As God calls you to something different, he will equip you. He equips the call. I think it was T.D. Jakes that said, he will equip the called. Number one, our thoughts. This is where the Holy Spirit comes in. He has to, we have to allow the Holy Spirit to take our thoughts captive. I think that's probably the most crucial battleground for a lot of us. I think it was Joyce Meyer's book, Battlefield of the Mind. Is that correct, Mom? Yeah. Her book, man, first of all, that's a good read. Put that on your summer read list, Battlefield of the Mind by Joyce Meyer. The battlefield of our mind, our mind can get us before we even take the first step to do what God has called us to do. Our mind can tell us, you ain't nothing. You weren't called for anything. You're not special. You're not anything. There's nothing worthy about you. But all those things, none of that sounds anything like Father God, right? If we read his word, we know that is not his voice. That's the point of his Bible. The Bible is God's voice to us. So if you want to get accustomed to what his voice sounds like, you got to read his word. So the battlefield of the mind. 2 Corinthians 10.5. We demolish arguments and every pretensions that set itself against the knowledge of God, and we take captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ. This could be negative thoughts, lies, the enemy is telling you you are not worthy and you don't deserve it, but I'll tell you, that is not the Father's heart, that is not how he speaks. He doesn't, he doesn't start any conversation with you are not worthy and you are not called. That sounds nothing like our Father. That's a lie from the pit of hell and we have to leave it there. Tell the enemy he has no place, amen? amen. So as you start getting those thoughts, as you start moving, you know God is calling you to the next level and you wanna take those next steps, but you start having that fear, that doubt, then you need to take those thoughts captive. Go to 2 Corinthians, 10, chapter 5, and just say it out loud. You've got to post it on your mirror. You've got to put it in your car. Do what you've got to do. But know that you have to take every thought captive because it's not from our Father. That is definitely from the enemy. Now, when we allow the Holy Spirit to transform our thought life, it will lead us to formulating our purpose, which, leads to, which definitely proceeds to dictating our actions. So let's talk about purpose. Purpose is such a big word that everyone in this world, believers and non-believers are alike, are trying to figure out. There's like over... 5,000 books on Amazon about purpose. <laughs> Everyone's trying to unpack that. Purpose, purpose, purpose. Why am I here? What am I supposed to be doing here? Everybody connects to that understanding. They want to know what it is. So I'm going to tell you a secret, another spoiler alert. And everybody asks me this all the time because it's something I like to do. That's my calling is to unlock the purpose in people. You want to know what your purpose is? No? No one? Yeah, Just me? Yeah, okay, good. Yeah, yeah. Okay. You want to know why you were created? Okay. Hold tight. I'm about to blow your mind right quick. You hold it on? Okay, good. There are thousands of books, podcasts, and seminars to talk about it, but I'm going to take you to this verse, and I'm going to unlock it for you. Get your Bibles. Mark. Let's go to Mark 
chapter 12, or your books, whatever, your cell phone, wherever your Bible is. <laughs> Mark chapter 12, verse 30 and 31. I'm about to ruin everything, all the books. It's going to mess you up, I'm sorry. <laughs> Mark chapter 12, verse 30 and 31. They're not ready. All right. You got it, Jay? All right. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, and with all your strength. Love your neighbor as yourself. There is no greater, no commandment greater than these. Did you get it? No? Okay, all right. Let's go back. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, and with all your strength. And love your neighbor as yourself. There is no commandment greater than these every question you have about purpose, why you're on this earth, what you're supposed to be doing, starts with the love of God. It starts with love. When you love something or someone that much, with all your soul, with all your mind, with all your strength, it will compel you to put them first, seek them first, serve them, love the things that they love, and do what you can do to make them proud, like good works. Oh, wait, did we hear that somewhere in the scripture, good works? Where was that? Do you remember that scripture, guys? Where was that scripture that talks about good works? That's right. Ephesians 2.10, we are created for good works. How that love with our complete being looks like is so different for each one of us. Loving the Lord your God with all your whole, your whole heart, your soul, and your mind looks completely different for me than it looks for Janelle. Janelle has a totally different set of gift sets, her upbringing, her background, her skills and talents are completely different from me, but we both love the Lord, our God, with our soul, our mind, our strength. But what that looks like for each one of us is different. That's why the sole root of our purpose is just to love God and love everything he's created. And that'll answer all your questions about, am I supposed to be serving here? Am I supposed to be talking to these people? Can I walk here? Can I go here? Everywhere you go, if you operate in God's love, he will lead you. It even says in the scripture, that if you seek him first, all these things will be added unto you. So that means the resource you need to do the thing that he's called you to do will be taken care of. So again, when we allow the Holy Spirit to transform our thought life, that's the first one, it will lead to us formulating our purpose, which is the second one, which proceeds to dictate our actions. That's number three, our actions. Our actions become character-determining habits, shaping the life and setting the course for the future. This absolutely is not easy, again, without the power of the Holy Spirit. And the whole latter half of this message is all going to be about the Holy Spirit. So yeah, again, spoiler alert, I'm giving you all the secrets. <laughs> the Holy Spirit is where we get our power. We can't live this life, this faith walk, without the power of the Holy Spirit. I'm not going to lie to you and tell you that it's easy, because that would be wrong. We cannot do this without the power of the Holy Spirit. I can't drive on the 101 and the 405 without the power of the Holy Spirit. <laughs> without Jesus taking the wheel and me not running somebody off the road, I need the power of the Holy Spirit. Maybe that's just me, but I feel like 101 and the 405 really call me to worship. Because I need the Holy Spirit. <laughs> I, need, I need it. Commuting two hours to work? Yes, I need the Holy Spirit to be in my life. So I don't think we should be doing anything in our walk, in our journey, every day without the power of the Holy Spirit. So that means we have to welcome him in, right? Amen? All right. <laughs> I knew I was going to get you on that 101, 405. <laughs> the work of the Holy Spirit is continual and much like a season of preparation in life. Again, that word preparation, let's define that because 
I feel like everyone has an understanding of what preparation means. It could be five minutes before and not a week or a month or a year in preparation. <laughs> yes, Jay, amen. <laughs> the action or process of making ready or being made ready for the use or consideration of. Something done to get ready for an event or an undertaking, which would be like a new position. Transformation cannot happen without the work of the Holy Spirit, and this is not a one-time occurrence, which means we have to continually welcome the Holy Spirit. It has to be a daily thing. It cannot be a one-time I asked the Holy Spirit to come in when I was 12 years old, and I already got him. I don't need, him, I don't need to ask for it any time. I'm telling you right now, that's a lie. <laughs> I ask the Holy Spirit in my heart every day, sometimes multiple times a day, because I need him to season my words with grace, because I will say something that I have got no business. It is the Holy Spirit that is the filter, praise God. <laughs> Maybe just me, but I need the Holy Spirit every day, all day. Transformation cannot happen with the Holy Spirit. And thank God that it is a continual work. It is a regularly steady occurrence that needs to happen with us. Let's go to Isaiah 43, verse 19, while I get a sip of water. 43, verse 19. Behold, I will do a new thing. Now it shall spring forth. Shall you not know it? I will even make a road in the wilderness and rivers in the desert. Thank God he is doing a new thing in us all the time. Every time we ask of it, it's not something that happens once, but it's regularly. So how do we allow the Holy Spirit to do the work in us? Because that's where we need. We need the Holy Spirit to come in. And this, again, it's three steps. It sounds easy, but it's easier said than done. So lean in. The first one. Acknowledge that the Lord is the Holy Spirit. Now, to acknowledge that the Lord is the Holy Spirit, that God is real, that Jesus is his son, we have to believe his word. And that's something that I think a lot of people still struggle with. And then they wonder why they don't have the fruit and the blessings that come from the, from the word, but they don't believe all of the word. I'll tell you right now, there are lots of scholars, there are lots of people who have studied this. The Bible is the incorruptible seed. It is the truth. And until you receive that, you know that in your heart, and it's your firm foundation, you cannot move forward in the things that God has called you to. Amen? His word is real. It's the truth. And if you haven't had evidence thus far, come talk to me. I've got plenty of miracle stories that I can tell you. God is real, and his word is the truth. So we have to believe it, and we have to move forward, and we have to acknowledge that he is the spirit, and we need him. Number two, welcome the Holy Spirit in all you do. And the way you do that is by spending time in his presence. Not just in worship, you could just be sitting, meditating, walking, observing nature, and just thanking God for what he created. That's how you invite the Holy Spirit. Or you could do what I do while I'm driving and say, God, please take the wheel, close my eyes so that I don't kill anybody <laughs> on the one-on-one. But you need to invite the Holy Spirit in. And you can invite him into places that you would never expect, like when you're at the doctor's office and you don't know what's gonna happen or when you're at school and you don't understand what's going on in the class, or someone's being rude to you. Uh, when you're in the store and you're just grocery shopping, just invite the Holy Spirit. Maybe God will impress something on your heart to talk to someone, smile to someone. Invite the Holy Spirit in everything that you do, and I promise you, you'll reap the benefits of it. And so will the kingdom, and so will all of those around you. You need the Holy Spirit. You need that strength. That strength comes from no one but the Holy Spirit. And then number three, Ask the Holy Spirit to transform you continually from glory to glory. 2 Corinthians 3, 17 and 18 says, Now the Lord is the Spirit, and where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. But we all, with unveiled faces, beholding as a mirror the glory of the Lord, are being transformed into the same image from glory to glory, 
just as by the Spirit of the Lord. Now, I'm going to tell you this. It was very difficult for me to not go on a whole other tangent about being transformed by being Imago Dei, image of God. Because I think when we start seeing ourselves as sons and daughters of the Most High King, it's so much easier to walk in authority, right? To walk in what we know we're called to do. I don't know what we have to do to release you in that. I don't know what, what we have to say or remind you of or give you to let you know that you are kings and queens. You are sons and daughters of the Most High King. Everything that you need to do what God has called you to do is already within you when you welcome the Holy Spirit into your heart. So you can't rely on your own strength. And guess what? You don't have to because the Holy Spirit is here to guide you and to strengthen you to go to the next level. You just have to welcome him, acknowledge him, and ask him to help you with that. Sounds easy, but it's not. I have control issues. Did we talk about this already? <laughs> Confession. I have control issues. We have trust issues. We have control issues. Just know God ain't done with me yet. He ain't done with me, okay? So we all in a work of progress. I have control issues. I am a chef, so I like to have full control of everything that happens on the plate, where the product comes from, what it looks like, how it tastes. I want every single plate, even if it's 350 plates, to look exactly the same, taste exactly the same, and be the same temperature when it goes out. But when you're working a wedding for 350 people, plated, you have about eight to 10 other cooks or chefs under you, every plate is not gonna be the same. <laughs> it's not gonna look, look the same, not gonna taste the same, especially if you're not cooking everything. And guess what? I cannot cook all of it on my own for 350 people, especially a plated wedding. I've done that and it's, it's terrible. So that means I have to release, I have to trust, and I have to let him have control. I have to let everybody have control of that whole plating service. So that means for me, God's working on me, on my trust, and me trusting him to have that full control and acknowledging that he can transform that and he can do all the work. I just have to use his strength. I have to use this Holy Spirit. Here's something that I learned in my studies and I wanted to share with you. Transformed kingdom living calls for lives marked by humility and service through the giftedness of the body. Let me read that again. Transformed kingdom living calls for lives marked by humility and service through the giftedness of the body of Christ. Humility and service, those two things are big. It takes a lot to be humble and allow someone else to do the work or someone else to even get the glory, right? But that's what he's calling us to. What we're doing in the kingdom, what we're doing, these good works, they really have nothing to do with us. We're just the vessel that God's using. And thank goodness we get to be a part of the game. But the, the glory goes to God. The point is for him to get famous for him to get the focus because we can't do anything. I can't do anything. We can't save anybody. You can't save anybody. Only Jesus can do that. But he can use us as vessels to point people to the right direction or just introduce them to the man who can get them to the place. Do you know what I mean? That's what we want. We want God to use us to be a part of the game, to be called higher, to be called deeper. Paul reminds us, just as the physical body is made up of many members, each with different function, and like we are discussing in the Hive series about the many different B jobs, jobs, the church is a body of many members, but all closely related and constituting in unity in Christ, with each one having individual functions and responsibility. Individual functions and responsibility. Our different gifts and abilities should make us 
love and depend more on one another and therefore should make us more united as one body in Christ. Hmm, I'm going to read that one again. Our different gifts and abilities should make us love and depend more on one another and therefore should make us more united as one body in Christ. Again, it goes back to that love. If we love each other and we remember to love people with God's love, then we can do this together. And we don't have to do it alone. Thank God, because I can't, I definitely can't. I don't, I don't have the strength. <laughs> I don't have the strength to, to, to save all the people and do all the things, thank God. And I don't, I, don't, I don't think I want to. I think it's more fun when we do things together. Like, for instance, when I was talking about the plating service, so 350 people, this just happened um, a couple weeks ago with my catering company. There was such a celebration at the end of that plating service when we were able to get those plates out for every single person. This was a celebrity event. So there was uh, Cardi B, P. Diddy, uh, Nick Cannon, um, and a couple other, like Avery Wilson, Amber Riley, some other well-known people who were there for this plated service. And I was very nervous because these are celebrities and they're eating my food. They're never gonna meet me. But for some reason, I felt this pressure that I have to, everything has to be perfect <laughs> because they're gonna be putting it on their Instagram and they're gonna tell everybody that we're horrible. So. <laughs> So there was a lot of pressure. There was a lot of pressure to make sure every plate was perfect. But there was a moment about two hours into service when I realized, guess what, Nakia? This is not just on you. You have eight to 10 other cooks who are in the trenches with you, making sure that every plate is perfect. They feel the same pressure. They want to come to the same level of excellence. You are in this together. And we had a, such a mutual respect and love for each other that when I was able to ask for something, it can get done, and the same thing with them. They asked me for something, we can get it done. And the plating was perfect. We plated 350 plates in 20 minutes. When do you get that? When you have a team that loves each other, respects each other, and works together. No different for the body of Christ. Amen. We can do great things. Everything that God has called us to and higher, if we remember the love that we have for each other, and we do it together. And you don't have to do my job. I don't have to do Janelle's job. She doesn't have to do mine. You do what God has called you to do. You do what you are good at. And you do it as an offering of love to the Father. And we will do great things. Amen? Amen. Let me pray for you. Father, I just thank you so much that you have called us higher. You have called us deeper. And that there's nothing that we can do without the power of your Holy Spirit. We just thank you right now that you've already begun to tell us in our hearts as we were listening today I might be in that position where I'm really uncomfortable or unchallenged and not growing about the position that I'm serving in right now. I know I can do more, but I'm scared. Maybe that's you. Maybe you know that you need to be in a different position, but you just, you feel like you, if you move, something's gonna fall apart. <laughs> Let me just challenge you in this. The Lord will make a way and he will fill the space. So if that's you, and you know that you're definitely serving in the wrong position right now, and you could be making a greater impact, but maybe you don't want to make the step, would you just raise a hand so I can pray with you? I want to pray with you. Thank you, Lord. Praise God. Thank you, Lord. Lord, I just pray for these who are already feeling that unsettled spirit. They know that this transition is happening. They know that they should be somewhere else. They could be making a greater impact. Lord, I, I thank you first for allowing them to recognize it, God. They know it, and now they're going to move forward. So God, I ask that you would bring the Holy Spirit, and you would allow the Holy Spirit, Lord God, 
to show them the right next step and also to make them transition in a positive, smooth way. So they can be blessed going out as well as they came in, Lord God. Thank you, Lord, that you will illuminate the next steps for them. Bless them as they step out in faith and trust you that you're going to take them to the next level, the next position. Increase their faith. That's what they need to do the next step. Remove all doubt and fear that, that's what, that they're not supposed to do that because you know where you're taking them, Lord God. So I ask that you would just strengthen them and you would give them the next steps. Thank you, Lord. For those of you who um, really feel like, okay, I feel it. I know I'm supposed to be doing something. I haven't done anything yet. I just ha I don't know where to start. I don't know where to begin. If that's you, if you just raise your hand and I'll pray with you. I'll pray with you. If that's you, you feel like, okay, I'm ready to go to the next step. But I don't know. I haven't served yet. Okay. Lord, I ask again that you would invite your Holy Spirit into their hearts, that you would illuminate the next step for them, Lord God, as, as you reveal, Lord God, that they need to serve you and how they can serve you, let it be their love for you that compels them to serve. Nothing else, not out of obligation or commitment, but out of love for you and for your kingdom that they want to make an impact for you, God. And help them be around the right realm of influence that can help them unlock their gifts and plug them into the right place in the body of Christ, Lord God. Thank you. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Lord, I ask, Lord God, as we go to the next level and go to the next steps, that again, you would just continue to allow your Holy Spirit to do his transforming, renewing work in our mind, hearts, and spirits. We cannot do what you've called us to if we do not have your Holy Spirit. We cannot do what you've called us to if we do not have your Holy Spirit. So have, have your way, Lord. Let your Holy Spirit be in us every day. Remind us daily, regularly to invite your Spirit into us so that we can say the right things and do what you've called us to do but also represent you well on this earth as it is in heaven. We ask you for these things in your darling son, Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Thanks again Thanks for listening. Again. For more information about us, to give online, or to hear other episodes, visit us at www.lighthouse805.com.